to Christchurch now. Jean Edwards is RNZ reporter based in Christchurch. Thanks for your time, Jean. Good morning. Good morning, Catherine. Now, the Island race is an interesting one. First, because there was a, an upset, historically speaking, last time. And then second, because there's the well-known in Christchurch, a leader of the Opportunities Party, um, Rafe Manji, there. And uh, how has the race played out? Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? I went and spent some time um, recently with the current MP, Labour's Sarah Pellet, national candidate Hamish Campbell, and the Opportunities Party leader, Raf Manji, on the campaign trail, and all of their political fortunes rest on winning this seat. You know, both Sarah Pellet and Hamish Campbell are well down the party list, and Top has consistently failed to crack that 5% threshold. And Raf Manji um, is a former Christchurch City Councillor. He actually stood as an independent in Ireland in 2017 and came second to Jerry. Brownlee um, and I went to one of his coffee catch-ups with voters at a Bishopdale bakery and he had a lot of interesting conversations um, with a few young people there about his teal card which is a kind of gold card for under 30s so I think there's definitely been a concerted effort um, in Ireland to court the student vote. Um, you might have heard there was an interesting development recently when he proposed doing a deal with National in which Hamish Campbell would stand aside in Ireland so Top could win the seat and, and that way National might not need New Zealand first to form a government but you know of course National have said they're not interested and he's not budging Yeah it's an interesting one with uh, um, part of the manifesto uh, as as the wealth tax and he's not alone with that there are multiple parties with various iterations of wealth taxes and there are some MPs within Labour wishing they could persuade their uh, party to adopt one but it's one of the wealthier um, seats in Christchurch isn't it so it is also as you say um, a seat that many students live in but an interesting proposal made to national um, and pretty quickly dismissed. Yeah, I mean, the electric spans the city's northwest and it covers, as you mentioned, some of Christchurch's wealthier suburbs. But it's also important to note that it does have the second highest number of people in social housing in the city. So we've got a diverse mix of voters. You've got the students, you've got retirees, you've got healthcare workers. And um, I also sort of wanted to mention that Raf Manji has a bit of a problem, and that's to do with this idea of a wasted vote. You know, there's people who might quite like to vote for Top, but they're perhaps a little reluctant because they think he's not going to win Ireland or the party isn't going to meet that threshold. And I've heard a bit of that too. You know, people have done that vote compass um, and discovered that it's it's pointing to top, and yet they're still not prepared to vote for the party because they're worried it's all just a bit pointless. The Greens co-leader, RIP, Jeanette Fitzsimons, used to always argue that it's not a wasted vote, it is redistributed according to whatever the ratio of the election result is. But (laughs) I don't know how far she got. Uh, Technically correct, but I don't know how far she got in in, in convincing people with that. Uh, Look, a very interesting race, uh, indeed. Now, what pleases the uh, upcoming mosque uh, inquest? We've had the um, Royal Commission, of course, just explain more about this next uh, legal step. Yes, so um, starting on the 24th of this month, Coroner Bridget Windley is going to be leading six weeks of public hearings into the murder of 51 people and that mass shooting at the El Noor Mosque and Linwood Islamic Centre in 2019. Now, this is a huge undertaking. Um, the inquest was um, initially scheduled for May and June this year, but the massive workload involved and the volume of evidence meant that there's been quite a delay and the coroner has said that it is unprecedented in its scope and scale. So there are more than 
140 so-called interested parties and many of them are immediate whānau of people who've died and I think it's also really important that we don't forget the dozens of people who were injured in the attack and whose lives have also been changed forever. So this inquiry is separate from the other criminal proceedings and the Royal Commission of Inquiry, um, although the Royal Commission was considered closely when the coroner set the scope of it. Um, And it's designed to really establish the truth of what happened with a view to making findings and recommendations to prevent similar deaths um, in future, like like other coronial inquiries. Uh, And how long is it expected to take? It's expected to take about six weeks. So um, this is the first phase of the inquest. So um, they'll examine 10 issues all relating to the day of the attack. And so those issues include um, the actual events of the 15th of March, the initial emergency response, whether um, potentially anyone could have been saved with faster medical treatment and whether the terrorist had direct assistance from anyone else on the day. So there were actually initially nine issues, but the coroner has identified another, and that's whether the emergency exit door in the southeast corner of the El Nour Mosque's main prayer room failed to function and um, let people out during the massacre, and if so, why that happened. All right. Um, yes, there'll be, as you say, a great deal of interest uh, still in, in another opportunity for an official uh, investigation. Jean, also today, uh, and this is a story around the country, isn't it? Uh, water quality, drinking water and, of course, swimming. Auckland dealing with that. How many beaches closed at the moment? About 10. What's the situation shaping up uh, like in Christchurch for summer? Mm, it's not a good situation for some of Christchurch's favourite harbour swimming spots. Um, the water quality hasn't improved, so people shouldn't be taking a dip there in certain places this summer. So the Regional Council's been publishing an annual report grading more than 100 popular places, including Corsia Bay, which is still too polluted. Um, and that's led to the cancellation of an open water swimming race series for the first time in nine seasons. And listeners might remember this issue caused a bit of controversy last summer because there were no signs warning people about the health, risk, health risks of swimming there. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of people, local community leaders and others, who've been upset and embarrassed. You know, we have all these beautiful beaches and yet, the, you know, people shouldn't be swimming there. So there's five out of eight places in Littleton Harbour that have been graded unsuitable. That's Corsia Bay, as I mentioned, Sandy Beach at Governors Bay, Rapaki Bay Beach, Diamond Harbour and Purau, and over on the peninsula, Akaroa's main beach and Tikau Bay across the harbour. Um, so that leaves only... Cass Bay, Charteris Bay, Paradise Beach and Church Bay is the only places in Littleton Harbour with so-called fair swimming status and then there's five other spots in Akaroa Harbour. Gosh, that's extraordinary and I know um, Corsair has been the subject of occasional temporary closures challenged by the local ice cream guy actually, who's one of my favourite swimming spots in Canterbury but um, you you know, you're you're wondering whether a dry summer... uh, the, the, the sort of the risk of greater issues. What what's driving most of it? Are, are there different issues in different places? It seems to be fairly similar. Um, I think the, the grades are based on five years of monitoring data that's been collected at each of these spots, and they've found human faecal contamination um, at a number of places in Littleton Harbour, including Corsia Bay. But the data has also showed that there's pollution from birds, dogs, and livestock. So the city council's been investigating how the water is being contaminated, and they say, you know, that that could take some time because they have to look at every public and private connection that could be a potential source. So 
Um, they've been looking into things like leaking septic tanks on private property, damaged pipes, wastewater overflows, boats perhaps dumping wastewater in freedom camping. Um, but maybe it's just the sheer volume of runoff from residential stormwater systems, and we just don't know yet. So in the meantime, they're just asking people to report any spills, leaks or pollution, um, pick up dog poo, use public toilets, and just boaties need to make sure they get rid of their waste properly. And um, they're just reminding swimmers that they can check the Lower website before they head out and just remember not to swim if there's been a big dump of rain because, of course, all those contaminants can wash it, wash into the water and, and make it unsafe. Sorry to go off script, Jean, but I was just Googling, trying to get an update on that um, spill off Banks Peninsula. Um, and we reported on the day, I know there was hopes that it might not reach uh, shore and there was two things. This is from the fishing boat that went down. There were two things. There was the uh, any kind of oil on board or diesel on board, but there was the um, hydraulic oil that, that people were particularly worried about. But um, is the latest that, for the most part, perhaps the worst has been avoided? The, the wind directions and the ocean currents helped out, or what? Well, actually, they found a hole in the boat, um, and it's been breaking up in um, just off Shell Bay. And I think the 10,000 litres of diesel and the 400 um, litres of hydraulic oil has gone, so that's unfortunate. Um, but obviously, you know, the, the regional council and um, environmentalists have been um, monitoring any oiling on the on the shore and any oiling on wildlife. Um, they've, they've been working on a salvage plan, but they say it's going to take quite a big, uh, long time because they don't actually have the gear here. New Zealand, so um, yeah, not a not a great result there. But no. um, there's been an investigation with the Transport Accident um, Commission, and also um, Maritime New Zealand's been looking into this as well. But as yet, the, we've not had reports of pe- there was a lot of worry for the nearby penguin habitat, for example. Um, as yet, no evidence of animals affected directly, as far as we know. Not yet, but of course um, there's a lot of people closely monitoring you know, what's going on down on the shore yet. It's a pretty inaccessible part of the coastline, yeah, it so it's not like you can just pop down there and wander around and have a look. So, mm. um, yeah, but they're certainly keeping a close eye on it because it's a very environmentally sensitive area and a marine mammal sanctuary. Jean, thanks very, very much. Jean Edwards, RNZ reporter based in Christchurch.